men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. We're back again. Hello, everybody. Powerful nonsense is here. Yes, it is. In your ear holes. In your earplugs. In your earphones. Yeah. If you're wearing earphones, it might be actually coming through your speakers. So we're back through your speakers. Wow. For episode 27. 27. I'm really impressed about that. We've been yeah, doing it pretty, doing pretty long all now. right. Well, I've got to ask before we go any further, Jim. Go for it. How did... Because I haven't asked you this today, oh, even no. myself. How did your week of veganism go? Veganism? Is that the right word? I don't know. I was broke on Friday. <laughs> As in, I broke it. I I, I, I just couldn't handle it. I, I knew you loved the meat I, too I much. I had a Turkish meat feast on Friday. <laughs> Literally so much meat. It was unbelievable. It felt so good. So you didn't just break it. You destroyed it I, I just smashed straight through but it, I, I did learn a lot from it like I'm definitely going to add more I, I realise I don't need as much meat as okay. I usually have so okay. I have taken something away from it and and are you eating more veg yeah no it? definitely especially now I'm just like I'm just sort of incorporating it around the meat <laughs> <laughs> coincidentally actually an apt little conversation considering what this episode is funnily enough not planned at all and I mean that in all honesty but uh, today we are interviewing Adam Stansbury yep I got that right didn't I I'd feel awful if I got no, that wrong that was right Adam Stansbury who is a personal trainer um ex uh what did he what was he he was a model that? he was a model um he was a programmer yeah he's done a few things before he got to personal training yeah, and overcome some quite some quite drastic difficulties as well yeah he actually in- had an illness called ulcerative colitis which mm-hmm. was an immune, immune system malfunction i guess yeah. and it took him out of the modeling game for what he thought it was and yeah what i really liked as well is that he kind of he, he kind of said there that he did a few things at the beginning until he found his passion mm-hmm. i think and i think a lot of people can probably relate to that yeah and i really liked that um he focused on the fact that health was actually a kind of almost a uh, key pillar to kind of personal development first and foremost but then also um entrepreneurship as well and and how if you get the health right i mean it's something that you've preached to me many a, many a time jem but if you manage to get that right everything else will kind of fall into place and i i, I really liked his kind of viewpoint on that one i, I really like what you said about just make it a priority like he was like saying how people prioritize maybe buying the latest iphone buying the latest computer mm-hmm. but not many people prioritize the things that they eat and that thing is actually going inside your body and so that really resonated with me yeah definitely so before we uh, reveal all the spoilers of the conversation we will dive right in so ladies and gentlemen adam stansbury welcome to the uh, powerful nonsense podcast today we're we're joined by with adam stansbury and um adam welcome to the show Woo! <laughs> to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's my uh, my first podcast, so I'm uh, I'm pretty honoured. Excited. So, so we just broke your podcast virginity, did we? Yeah, yeah. You took my cherry, man. Sorry, man. Very honoured. <laughs> like someone gently, yeah. Someone had to. <laughs> <laughs> you chose the hairiest man in the room. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into hair, I must say. So, Adam, uh, could you just sort of um, introduce yourself and like, uh, yeah, just tell us about yourself. 
Yeah, so uh, so hi everyone. Um, I'm Adam Stansby. I'm a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, big passion in sort of fitness and nutrition sort of industry. Um, I'm a personal trainer basically. Um, award I was awarded last year Gym Based Personal Trainer of the Year 2013, which was an awesome achievement. Um, and I was also part of a, a gym down in Devon that won Gym of the Year. So. Um, yeah, achieved a couple of really cool things the last few years. Um, moved back to London in February this year, and I'm sort of building back up my one-to-one client base at the moment, whilst sort of also trying to get my finger in a few other fitness-related projects, um, and obviously doing lots of researching and exploration into all the other kind of elements that that kind of tie in health, nutrition, mindset, well-being, all these kind of really prominent topics. Um, which that I think is kind of helping pe- raise people's awareness and how definitely. it all fits together. So, and has it always been that way? Did you know from a young person that you definitely wanted to go into the fitness industry? No, I've um, I didn't really find out or focus on what my passion was until I was about thirty. So I'm thirty six now, and I actually went to college for three years after, at the age of sixteen to study fish farming and fishery management. <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> it's a completely a odd, <laughs> odd beginning. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was a massive keen fisherman at the time, and I didn't want to go into to uni or anything like that. I wasn't really didn't feel academically based, so um, I did that for three years. Then was kind of sick of that. After three years, I'd kind of taken a passion and I think done it to death a little bit, and I wanted to to try something else. And then I kind of floated my way into working in computers. Um, I worked my way up into a systems department, so I did a bit of computer programming. And then moved to another company, started doing some web development work, programming, a little bit of yeah, web design work. Quite a few friends who are in the kind of creative industry, web designers and stuff. So I kind of got lots of advice from them. And I, I just I was able to do that for for a few years without really furthering my knowledge. Um and I thought I needed to get out of that industry before I got found out. Um, <laughs> so uh, I then went travelling at about a year about a year traveling sort of Australia, Thailand, Indonesia, that sort of, um, that route, which was amazing. Then I came back, did a little bit of marketing and then fell into modeling, um, in Manchester. Um, and I was modeling in Manchester for a couple of years before, um, moving back to, back down South, back to London. Um, and then, yeah, modeled for a couple more years. And then five years ago, Around my 30th, I was like, I've got to get out of the modeling industry. Um, and it was kind of after chatting with a, having a phone call with my brother, who we were, who's a big IT geek. And we were talking about, um, well, he was talking about stuff in IT and he couldn't believe why I couldn't understand stuff. And I just <laughs> ca- called him a geek and, you know, couldn't put the phone down, had a usual brother to brother argument. And then I thought, you know what? He's so good at this stuff because he loves it. He lives it and breathes it. And I was just like, what is my, what's my geekiness? What, what? is the subject that I would talk to people about 24-7 without getting bored. Um, and as soon as I focused on that, which was obviously the gym, nutrition, training, the human body and stuff like that, um, it was just kind of not plain sailing, but it made everything a lot clearer. And there was a, a kind of uh, a phrase that I kind of tell and say to a lot of people now, which is follow your passion and find your purpose. And you'll find your purpose, basically. So I think when you focus on something, doing something that you absolutely love, it makes everything quite, everything flows from that point. So, yeah. 
So um, obviously, then you then and then after you sort of felt you found your passion and you decided to go into personal training. I know you had a little. I mean, how long was it before? I know you had the um, ulcerative colitis. I was wondering, like, how long did that come along? How long? Well, after? that was actually that was while I was modelling. So oh, okay, yeah. So I'd moved down to London at the, at the end of two thousand and five, and I'd already been six months previous to that I'd been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis um, and I did a photo shoot in December 2005 for the GNC cover um, called Healthy for Men it was in awesome shape it was really really chuffed that was in the December and then literally a, m- a month later um, I found myself in hospital needing an emergency operation to basically uh, remove a blockage in my large intestine which meant that they need to remove part of remove part of the large intestine and then put put a uh, colostomy bag on me so I had that and then I had a sort of series of probably three to four operations um over the next sort of two years from well I think 2000 March 2007 was when everything was finally put back together um but yeah it was quite a long process so you when you um were diagnosed with ulcerative colitis um, did you know how serious it was at the time, or was it something that was going to be it, that, that you knew could potentially become more critical? It, it got no. I mean, at the time, I was sort of modelling, and I trained trained a lot, and knew a little bit about nutrition. I knew about how to just stay in consistent shape, which is obviously important for that that specific industry. Um, but didn't really know the in depths of nutrition and a lot of effects on the on the body. Um, so. I uh, it kind of progressed actually over a few months and the condition got worse and worse um, and I was you know I went through a period of probably about four or five times I went back to the GP over a period of sort of two months and was consistently sent away with uh, pharmaceutical medicines that that weren't that were just you know you know you know when you leave a doctor's surgery and you just know what they've given you is not going to fix your problem, mm-hmm. you know yeah. deep down that all they're doing is put a band putting a bandaid on a problem and not actually dealing with the the source of it and uh, you feel quite helpless at that point. I think when you don't really know what's going on, um, it's kind of a worrying time. And then it just got progressively worse. Um, yeah, just lots of pain, discomfort in the sort of abdominal area and then obviously not wanting to go into too many details but sort of, you know, stools became, you know, I had blood in stools and there's a lot of pain coming from that sort of end of the body. It must, uh, have been, it must have been like really hard for you like emotionally, especially like, I mean, I know by myself and as a young, as a young boy, like your dream is to be in, on those sort of covers of those fitness magazines and you had that and then this, this disease to come along and sort of take that away from you. Like how did you, how did you deal with that when that was happening? Um, well, I can remember that again. So my brothers had quite a, a kind of direct impact on a few kind of moments in my life. The one I talked about previously was sort of finding, you know, my passion and focusing on that. But the first one was uh, I was in hospital and just after one of the operations, I think it was my first operation, I was lying there in bed, probably feeling a bit sorry for myself. And I just sort of looked at my brother and said, shit, that's it. You know, I've got to, I'm going to have to find something else. I'm not going to be able to do what I'm doing again. You know, it's, it's, that's it. It's over sort of thing. And then he just looked at me and said, no, 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 what, what are you talking about? You don't let it control you. You control it. And though, just those words he said to me and just it, from that moment on, it just completely changed my mindset. Um, and I just never really once let it let it control me. I was lucky to have a really good supportive family and, and friends sort of behind me that that helped me recover from the different operations. But um, I think it was that mindset and that that positivity. You know, at the end of the day, I'm still breathing. I've got 
arms and legs. You know, life, life goes on. There's some things you can and can't do. Um, and it does, I think, coming from a, a world that's, you know, obviously based on, on your looks, um, it was good to, to then, you know, a bit of a reality check, really. Uh, it certainly makes you realize your kind of vulnerability um, and your own mortality, I think. And, and, and I think that's what also triggered me wanting to get out of the industry. Because I, I just you start to realise that you need to, you want to base your career or your, you know, your well-being on a on an industry that's not completely based on looks. Definitely. So in a way, you kind of we spoke about this in a previous podcast. Do you mm. feel that you maybe sort of experienced some sort of post-traumatic growth in a way? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's so much of that that goes on these days. And I think you and I talked about it when we when we last met up about human suffering. And I think there's a there's almost this need, unfortunately, for humans to go through a certain amount of suffering before they sort of awaken and become conscious of, you know, everything around them from the environment, their family, their friends, people who are important in their life, what's important in their life. Um, so yeah, I, I always I said at the time it kind of I think it kind of fast tracked my development by sort of ten twenty years potentially, um, and it does suddenly give you a, a different insight into things. Do you, oh, would you ask? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I needed to tell my throat then, um, but I was going to ask something actually. Um, before we hit record uh, today, me and Gemma are actually are discussing um, sort of post-traumatic stress versus post-traumatic growth um, and this idea that possibly you might need to because um, we hear a lot about affirmations and how you should you know kind of almost preach to yourself in the morning I am this I can achieve that and all this that and the other yeah. um, what about the idea of it, the opposite and actually using negativity to boost your productivity or boost your your drive or anything like that and do you think there's a particular type of person that 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 works for more than it does affirmations if that makes sense um kind yeah of. kind of <laughs> <laughs> um yeah th well i think there's a lot to be said i think obviously there's there's some people that may may get to that that part of the journey by themselves um and i think me and, me and jem also talked about this before and that you know that i think it's only a, probably a small proportion of the the population that will get there without the help of some kind of life experience um unfortunately um and you can kind kind of look into that as well when you look at the fitness industry and people being overweight or suffering from health problems and um you know obesity and all these kind of these problems and they can kind of come up on your radar and people will quite happily brush them under the carpet until they get to a point where you know either enough's enough or or they're being forced into a situation um, by having to kind of readdress their lifestyle and uh, and their habits, um, so I think unfortunately for for the majority of the population, it's something they need to go through. But I, maybe you know, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a way that we can uh, try and teach people and, and help people to become more conscious without the need of going through all that pain, really. Um, and I think that would be a, a good place for us all to get to as far as the human race is concerned. Before we move on to more sort of health topics, I just want to go back to the modeling. And obviously, like a lot of people say, like the modeling industry is like one of the toughest. You're, you're going to get bombarded with rejection after rejection. I'd just love to kind of get your like feedback or maybe the things you actually learn or what you've taken from that sort of industry. Yeah, I think, um, I think if you're, you know, if you're someone that's doing it day in, day out and, uh, and it's your job and your profession, then you, you realize it's, difficult when you first get into it but you soon realize 
that it's just part of the it's part of the course really you know you have to I, you just get to the point where you do so many castings in a day and even if you're you're going for jobs that are like five or ten thousand pounds worth of, you know in, in for one job you sort of you just have to go along to them do your thing say hello to everyone show your your portfolio your pictures and then you have to leave the casting and just kind of almost forget about it um, uh, and realize that you you never get told uh, if you know, you only you only know if you're going to get a job obviously if someone phones you up no one ever told tells you that you you're not going to get the job sort of thing so um you just have to kind of move from one casting to the next and it's it's a very sort of unstable certainly from a financial point of view and income it's a really unstable life to to lead um and it's also quite difficult in the fact that you you're not working in a team you're not working with other people so it can be quite lonely you know going to these castings um uh, and some some weeks you can work you know you could get four jobs in one week and earn a lot of money and then you may not work for a month um so it can be very up and down like that and when when so much of your your kind of well-being is based on or, or your kind of your projected well-being is based on what other people are giving back to you you know i.e. jobs so you know you can go along periods when you get jobs and good castings and you kind of feel the love you know you you're feeling like you're wanted by the whole sort of industry and then you can go through long periods where you're not working and you start questioning who you are you start questioning how you look so it's yeah it can be quite a minefield i think um so yes it's it it does it does teach you to, to just to have a little bit of a um yeah it, it gave me a good balance yeah i felt i was quite balanced and the experience actually benefited me and so why personal training um well, I think I can, if I really break it down, um, I am a problem solver. I love problem solving. I think that's why initially I got into to, to IT and, and that's why I enjoyed doing IT for a certain amount of time because there's this element of, of being given a problem and having to find a solution. Um, and I also love working with people and I like helping people so and improving their health. So the two really kind of, for me, go hand in hand. Um you know, someone comes to you with a with a health issue or or a body composition problem or or, or a long term goal that they they want to get ready for sort of maybe a, f- a physique contest or you know whatever it is it's 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 different each time and and each individual is completely different so there's there's so many factors and elements that you have to take into account when you meet someone you know you're building the rapport building the relationship you're finding out what works for them nutritionally and, and training wise um, and it and it's generally always different there's sort of obviously standardizations that can apply for most but at some point you're going to have to get more specific to the individual and this so that's why i like it so it's it's that kind of the diverse diversity and i guess that the people contact Definitely. that i enjoy yeah so um what, what are the common reasons why i mean we said before like some people don't even know or they need to get to that breaking point before they sort of take action on their health like what are sort of like the main things or the those sort of motivations for your clients what is a, why do they come to see you um could could range from anything really like i said it could be the fact that they just you know they know they need to do something about their health they've been carrying a lot of weight for a long period of time and they've just got to that point where they they don't know what to do next so they come to me for sort of my for the guidance um i get a lot of people feedback from people who go onto my website and actually love the fact that i'm i'm very nutritionally based this is a really important part of, of the process in my mind and I think there's a few personal trainers out there who don't concentrate on that enough. So so yeah, from it can range from body composition, 
you know, might have someone who actually wants to get ready for a photo shoot, would like to maybe do some pictures for their own collection, or, or maybe there's someone who's, um, who, like I said, training for a show, specific show. Um, um, so I've got a kind of range of clients just like that at the moment, ranging from health issues, more aesthetic issues, um, and bo- body composition problems. So it's, yeah, it's pretty broad ranging. Um, so one of one of the qualities I really want to talk about because I think with a personal trainer and say with um, somebody who's sort of starting a business is that you've got to really be like solid with how empathetic you are. Like, how do you sort of like um, increase your empathy for people? Like, I think it's such like a, a valuable quality. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's something that I completely agree. And I think I think that's slightly where the younger personal trainer might have trouble connecting with clients who are sort of thirty. 35 40 plus you know and it, it it's tough i think it's tough to to get somebody to understand empathy until they've gone through certain life experiences but they're i think they're essential qualities for a personal trainer into sort of understanding their client and and understanding that they don't necessarily have to to beastie them every time they come in the gym and you know their value of that session isn't just the fact that you know you're going to flog them to bits they're going to leave they're going to want to run from you at the end of the session or you know you see on social media personal trainers taking pictures of their clients lying on the floor you know completely <laughs> shagged after their sessions which is which is you know it's good but I think as a PT you've got to know when to push know when to pull back you know sometimes pulling back on people and you know understanding that maybe some days they need to do less it's not it's not being lazy it's reading that person. It's reading the fact that the majority of the clients that come to you, you know, they might be working 50, 60 hours a, you know, a week. They might be under a lot of stress. They might have a large family. They may not be sleeping well at the moment. Um, they might have some underlying health problems. Um, so if someone walks into the gym one day and, you know, they're not really feeling it, the worst thing you could probably do is put them through the, the kind of rigid program that you've got planned for them just for the sake of getting them through your program. You know, sometimes it's good just to take a step back and go, okay, well, maybe let's just stretch for 40 minutes. You know, let's just, let's just talk about what's going on in your life. Get it off your chest. Let's, let's look at your nutrition. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your mindset. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of taking this holistic approach, I think, that's so important. Um, yeah. And um, sometimes when you uh, are kind of training someone or whatever, there might be sometimes, as you say, it's about dealing with a particular person and, and adjusting things appropriately. But how would you go about um, making somewhere aware of perhaps an underlying problem that they're not even aware that they have, which may be a discipline thing, it may be a nutrition thing, it may be a, a general uh, health thing as well? How would you? How do you go about? Uh, kind of bringing that to their attention in a in a constructive way let's say yeah I think um, yeah you you need to take a step back I think you need to do some some initial assessments to find out more about their lifestyle find out more um, about past health problems current health problems current fitness levels um, past fitness history Um, I do something whenever I meet a new client when I do a consultation I I call it a um, uh, UFG, and it's a kind of uh, it's a visualization technique, I guess. Um, I call it your u- unique fitness goal. So I'd sit down with you and I'd say to you, you know, what's what would you say is your unique fitness goal? What's how could you define that in one sentence? So I get them to very sort of simply try and condense all these other things into one sentence initially. Um, so we get them to write it down. 
and then from that we kind of we break it down into the other areas and you'll find that the more you talk to people and you more more you talk to them about their goals and break their goals down um, you start to kind of see some some underlying problems um, and then again it's having that empathetic approach and, and, and being able to talk to people and um, in setting their behavioral habits so someone might have this this big uh, this big ideal goal, this outcome goal, and it's really important that you then break that down into sort of smaller, um, smaller sort of behavioural habits, if you like, that they can do on a daily basis. Um, you know, getting getting someone initially to, I don't know, maybe eat you know five times a day. Um, we want you know x amount of protein in all these meals you know for someone who's a little bit further down the line who's who's got a better understanding of nutrition who's more uh, committed to what they're doing that's fine but for someone who's maybe just coming to the gym just starting their journey just literally saying to them okay i just want you to focus on eating lean protein with each meal you know don't focus on anything else i'm not going to get you to take anything out of your your nutritional plan we're not going to change your lifestyle all i want you to do for your first habit this week is focus on getting lean protein so it's it in all your meals and you'll find that you can then build these habits up over a series of weeks um so it's always kind of finding out what what someone where you want someone to be finding out what their commitment level is uh, and kind of meeting them in the middle uh, and kind of finding out what they're willing to commit to this this in this moment in time, and then you'll find over I find with clients over over a period of time that they'll actually just I don't know maybe it's the way I coach people, but you find after a while, but that people gradually want to to start pushing themselves more. You as they get fitter, as they get healthier, as they start to understand nutrition and its effect on the body and the benefits that they're getting from it, they'll almost start self-regulating things. And I, I can be in sessions with clients, and I can turn around to them and say, you know, oh, do you, do you think you could do a little bit more weight instead of me slamming the weight on the bar? You know, kind of actually asking them the question, and they'll, you, you know, nine times out of ten, honestly say to me, yeah, I think I could. Because they almost don't want to kind of, I guess, let you down. But I think as well they can understand that as their fitness levels go up, they can sort of push themselves more. We were talking about that a bit last week because we were talking about the way that when people sort of start to work on like a project they're passionate about, suddenly what, when they thought before they didn't have the time to work on it, suddenly all this energy and new motivation sort of crops up and it seems to be the same with fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um you spoke a bit about um, nutrition and how important you, you now see that to be. I mean, I'm a massive, I love reading about all this stuff. Like, is there something that, I mean, I've heard a lot about this idea of nutrient therapy as well and, and like how uh, nutrition can sort of control your mood and it helps with your psychology. I'd just love you to kind of go into some, some things you know about that. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, um, yeah, obviously a massive proponent of, of nutrition and it's, I mean, I, it, yeah, I think I think the mind uh, and your mindset, and I think when you look at nutrition and, and potentially the effect it can have on your on your mind and your mindset, then you have to kind of look at the gut um, and then kind of microbiota in the gut. It's made up of you know trillions of of, of the kind of friendly bacteria we all know them as. Um, and if there's a, some form of dysregulation in your gut, that can then lead to um, you know cognitive you know problems and. and and potentially mental problems so i think a healthy gut can lead to you know a healthier mind as well so there's there's definitely that interrelation between the two and is there any sort of like tips you'd give to someone or how would someone even know if you've got an unhealthy gut well i think um obviously initially sort of discomfort you know are you 
are you eating foods and are you getting pains, bloating, um, water retention, you know, headaches? Um, can you identify certain food groups that are causing you sort of discomfort after you've eaten them? Um, and then, you know, it's a, it's a case of kind of eliminating certain food groups out of your diet. I mean, I, I get all my clients to focus on uh, natural whole foods. So my, my whole concept of food nutrition is, you know, it's not, it is that it's overcomplicated um, by people in the media and think on the internet, there's all these different fads and diets. And we know diets don't work because they're restrictive in nature. Um, and we don't need to overcomplicate nutrition. All people need to do is to eat real food. It's, it's that simple. Um, you know, if you, if you can eat something that's been grown from the earth, then uh, you know this is this is what we've been eating as a human race for thousands and thousands of years and surviving just just happily on. Um, it's when we start deviating from those sort of food food choices that's when we start getting all the diet related diseases, diabetes, diabetes. It's being coined now, so obesity and diabetes. Um, you know, some cancers, um, strokes. Uh, you know all these kind of disorders um so you get very much it the, the heart of everything that i do is getting people initially just to focus on eating whole foods uh, and trying to eat as minimally processed foods as possible do you think do you there's think sort of like um a, a bigger awareness sort of happening now in like mainstream because i mean you've got this whole paleo movement kind of fitting in with the crossfit do you think people are kind of becoming way more aware of this sort of effects of the things they're eating yeah, I think it's uh, it's a massive movement that that's that's going on now, um, which is essential because I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's I th- for me, I think it's also interlinked to um, to, to med- modern medicine as well, and and the fact that we can see that a lot of the times, again, going back to the GP, you you get sent away with pills and potions that aren't actually specifically supporting or fixing a, a long-term problem that's trying to fix something in the short term um, and nutrition in my mind it, it, I think it's becoming people are becoming more aware of the fact that that's what's essential to sort of improving your health long term um, so another thing I was just wondering to get your top your thoughts on because I know I'm kind of into it. You were saying obviously it's really good that people kind of focus on whole foods, but what do you what do you think of that, this whole biohacking movement and where people are getting really specific on the on the things they're eating or tweaking things to actually advance yourself or take yourself to like you to get yourself functioning? Like today I'm drinking um, coffee with butter and MCT oil. Like a lot of people, that's yeah another end of the spectrum. But what's what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's got its place. I think all that stuff's cool if you want to delve into it and get really detailed into it. Um, does it make a huge amount of difference? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think again, you know, if you're if you're looking to perform or or yeah, perform optimally as a sort of a human being, either sort of mentally or physically, then there's there's got to be some kind of balance. There's got to be a balance that goes across all your systems. You know, your, your adrenal system, blood sugar. Um, you know detoxification and all these sort of these areas of the body uh, and and you only really get that balance if you, you start concentrating on a on a balanced diet um, and for me for me there's a, I think there's obviously certain ways you can improve improve these things but yeah I think I, I've I've gone for the bulletproof coffee for a while gave that a try you know um, I think it, yeah it worked 
I certainly sprayed a few coffees over the kitchens um, a few times <laughs> from the blender. Right? Um, and and it and it does work. It does give you energy. But you know, is it you know upon looking back at it again, if we're looking at balance, is it good to be consuming that much butter? I mean, I, I'm a big fan of cooking with butter and putting butter in your food. But you know, is it that great to be drinking cups and cups of coffee with all this all this butter in it? You know, is there a need for that? You know, if you're if you're eating a balanced diet and you're looking for body composition levels, then I'm not too sure. I th- certainly think I think having a, a black coffee with say a spoonful of coconut butter can can give you sort of much the same effect. Um, obviously, MCT is is from coconut butter anyway, but obviously you get a lot of other nutritional benefits from using coconut butter. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's that that sort of balance. But yeah, I'm a big fan of all the biohacking stuff. I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, obviously, like a lot of young people who might be listening to this podcast, like, and they want to start business and stuff, they're going to be most of the time we we talk about like digital technology. So you're, it's more likely than not that you're going to be sitting in front of a computer a lot. I'd just like to get your take on like this sort of chronic sitting we're all kind of going through and how we can maybe sort of balance things out. Yeah, sure. Uh, my, th- I mean, one of the things I, I talk to clients about, and, and one of the first things I talk to them about is, you know, the lifestyle. And <clears throat> if, if you're if you're sitting in front of a, you know, a screen just before you're going to go to bed, then obviously it's you, you know your brain activity is going to be heightened. It's going to be harder for you to switch off in the evenings. Um, and I think it's obviously an epidemic that that's going on at the moment in in society. I think. I think we can do things to minimize it, you know, like like not looking at screens two hours before before you sleep, um, turning off your notifications on your phones so that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they're not all buzzing and tweeting your phone to, to, to disturb your attention, to get you to look at stuff. Um, which is uh, which, which can kind of ruin your train of, train of thought and, and concentration. Um, so yeah, so I'd get clients to sort of focus on in the evening. So I'd get them to sort of stay away from their screens. I think reading a fiction book. So trying to, I've started buying real books again because I'm finding that I, I generally I've got I use the Kindle app on my iPad to read books, and I find that if I'm reading a book on my Kindle app, I'll end up flicking through email, I'll flick flick through Facebook in between chapters, you know, um, which again just destroys my sort of train of thought. So there's something about, I think, having a nice nice book in front of you and turning the pages, which is a lot more therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry? No, go on, Yeah. Yeah, and and things like... um, Making sure you kind of your lights fully blacked out in your in your bedroom, so you're you're not letting any peripheral light come through the curtains. Um, drinking things like chamomile tea in the evenings can really settle you down, can really relax you. Um, and then there's obviously, you know, if you're really having trouble sleeping, then there's all kinds of plethora of of different supplements you can use to improve you know the production of melatonin that will help you sleep and, and and have a more peaceful rest and it's so important sleeps you know sleep's essential sleep's essential for the for restoration of the body sort of the mind and body i keep coming up against a, a minor problem with the whole sleep thing which i want your opinion on mm. right because everybody says make right. sure that your room is as dark as possible yeah okay which i agree with but also they say that the best way to wake up naturally is to have 
your curtains open so you get natural sunlight. Which do you think is better? Because obviously you can't do both. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <sighs> get yourself one of those clocks. You yeah, know, what, those light clocks. Like, those daylight clocks, yeah, that, that kind of... I think it's if you set your alarm clock for like 5am mm-hmm. or 6am, it starts raising the light in your room at like yeah. half five. So you get that kind of... get into sort of a natural circadian rhythm. Yeah, I bought one for my girlfriend, and they're so good. They actually work like they actually wake wake you up naturally. You end up waking up to the light more than the actual alarm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if you kind of go back to the caveman or, or back in the day, I guess would would we have slept? Would would our sleep patterns be in relation to the seasons? You know, in in summer, I guess we'd have maybe less sleep. In winter, we'd need more sleep. So kind of maybe more hibernation. And I think if you, it's more so if you're like living out in the countryside where you haven't got like the lights of London outside your window, then I can understand why it'd probably be okay to just use your like yeah, keep exactly. curtains open. But that's true. <laughs> I and think then you've got your lights of your computer flashing in the background as well. Yeah. And <laughs> I think unfortunately, you know, it's slightly modern living and inner city living is, and the lights and yes, yeah, we should be switching off at like five six o'clock really in the evening and you know getting ready for bed i think naturally but of course because of the modern lifestyle we're prolonging our days into towards the end of the day early hours of the morning um and then that's having a a detrimental effect on on sleep you know and then that leads to the stress levels and stress levels lead to digestive problems um so it's yeah it's all very interconnected definitely what do you see as like the biggest sort of things that our modern well modern people are doing in terms of sort of sabotaging their health? Whew, where do I start with that one? Like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. going to throw that one at you. God, yeah, yeah, literally everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> God. Uh, well, I think so. I like to focus with clients on mindset, lifestyle, nutrition, and exercise. They're, they're like the four. Is it in that uh, order? Yeah, well, they're kind of all interconnected. I think if you saw them all, you know, in their own little circles, they would all kind of cross over and correlate with each other. Um, But these are my kind of four layers that I like to work on with people, and they they're they're all really important. And I think each area people are deficient in a lot of things. So if you look at mindset, you know, the the calming of the mind, um, mindful meditation, you know, trying to control your thoughts. Working on visualization and, and sort of ste- stepping away from sort of too much negativity, I think that's that's a kind of first step to look at. And then, you know, lifestyle, improving your sleep, like we just talked about, lowering stress levels, um, structuring your your life around you know the family and um, and kind of all those things that can can affect it. Um, and then when you look at nutrition, you know, obviously, you know, nutrition affects health, you know, digestive discomfort that I've had experience in, um, body composition, weight management, fat loss. Um, and then obviously a, a kind of lack of exercise. People, you know, because of because of kind of modern life, there's kind of maybe less less activity going on. People aren't getting off their asses enough and actually just moving. You know, the human body's supposed to move. Um, um, so I think uh, a neglect in all these different areas leads to all these problems. Um, if I go back to kind of when I was ill, I obviously had a digestive disorder, um, but that was certainly a manifestation of, of going through a really p- a period of high stress. Um, you know, and, and what was that stress brought on by? That was brought on by anxiety and worry that I had going on at, the, at that specific time in my life. So, you know, the mind 
you know, manifested into the sort of the stress and the imbalance of hormones that's then affected my gut, created imbalance in my gut that's then led to these health problems. And it's kind of like a cascade uh, of events that, that, that lead on from, I think, you know, starting from the mind, really. Um, and I think that's that's a real essential component that we all need to kind of focus on a little bit more um, that I think will lead to a lot, lot happier life for a lot of people and a lot more inner peace. What, what do you feel has been that one thing you've learned over the last few years that's just been a sort of game changer for you or things you've learned even? Mm, uh, good question. Well, for, for the, I think for the, from the mindset point of view, I think uh, learning to step back from my own thoughts I think learning to to not focus on negative thoughts, allowing them to sort of rise in your mind and, and understanding that, you know, we all have weird and, and wonderful thoughts and it's whether you choose to kind of attach to them um, and let them affect you. Um, so that that's definitely helped help give me a bit more inner peace and, and kind of not 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 comparing yourself to others as well understanding that we've all got a different path to go down and um, we're all at different levels in life and it doesn't make you me any better or worse than each other it's just we've all made, made different decisions and choices that have led us to that point so I think that that understanding and that acceptance I think is really important and that certainly helped me a hell of a lot actually um I'm thinking life's lifestyle uh, I think and just really understanding the a big understanding of natural whole food, uh, I think, makes a, a consistent difference to, to my health and well-being. And uh, understanding where certain foods come from and, and how they're made, and um, I think that really helps. Yeah, I think that will help anyone with their health. Is this this focus on on real food? And it gets we make it harder and harder for ourselves to do this because of um, all the kind of man-made products that we're surrounded by day in day out so i think that kind of education education and empowerment that comes from understanding about uh, natural whole foods everyone could do with um you know when, we, when you walk into a supermarket and you think about the layout of a supermarket you know it's generally known that you know only the uh, only the outskirts of the supermarket actually contain real food everything else insider is is man-made or processed or dried or packaged or tinned you know um and so i think for the untrained mind or or someone who's sort of more ignorant about these things um not through their own fault but um you know i think that that that's a sort of an invaluable piece of education that everyone could do with obtaining i think because that will lead to their their improved health and in in their mindset and and body as well i still think there's a bit of stigma around because i know for me like wayne will be able to agree with this he like if i walk into a supermarket the first thing i'm doing is flipping over the box checking what's in it going over seeing how like i'll go for the fresh stuff but then a lot of people might say oh you're a bit of a health freak or you're kind of a bit over the top like do you think we're slowly changing or is it is it just that are, are people are people too rushed to even be bothered about that sort of thing to kind of they just want to go in there get their quick ready meal and out yeah i think it's several things i think um <sighs> repeat the question again i just had a I didn't really it wasn't really a clear question it's just sort of like do you think that sort of people who kind of are more interested in what's in their food do you think they get sort of stigmatized or is it are we the kind of people that are kind of have to kind of um do these things to make sure that it's changed like people are I watched that Food Matters documentary and, yeah. and I think sometimes it, it is the kind of 
people like ourselves who actually care about what's in the food mm. to be the I'd... ones that help it change like whole foods like there's certain people who go and shop at whole foods now because that's the kind of produce they want and now these supermarkets are starting to get like organic ranges and stuff like that yeah. so i think it's priorities in your life and i think um people have moved so far away from what's the priority as a functioning human being and you know it's sky tv it's the latest iphone it's the newest computer game you know it's it's a family spent you know i don't have a family so i'm not gonna you know i can't speak too highly but it's sort of you know it's focusing on all these materialistic things that are causing health problems and not thinking about actually what what's actually the most important thing that i should be spending my money on um you know ultimately as i learned when i was ill without without good health suddenly everything pales into insignificance as soon as you're unhealthy or you have you have health problems you know you can you don't care about materialistic products so of course i think that's that's where people's priorities should lie and i think it's i think unfortunately as a human race at the moment we're evolving incredibly in technology um but i also think maybe we need to take a slight step back and there needs to be a slight evolution in in thought in what we're doing and and kind of not not placing so much um so much importance on these materialistic things and, and really taking a step back and understanding our bodies and what help, what helps us makes us tick you know and what keeps us healthy so i think people's priorities just need to change um yeah sorry <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, yeah. Good answer. Good uh, answer. Yeah, you touched on technology a little bit there, and yep. um, to anybody that's listened to this podcast long enough knows that I am actually a bit of a, a gadget freak, particularly yeah. in the in the Apple front. Um, and Apple have recently announced their their health kit and all of the all of those apps and stuff to boost. Um, kind of health through technology yeah. what's your kind of what are your thoughts on that and, and if you know enough about about where they're where they're going with it uh yeah i th- i think we're, we're literally on the verge of a massive boom um in the fitness and and sort of i think the intersection of technology and fitness i think i think if it helps to to spark people's interest to getting involved um, with fitness and improving their health and, and tracking their health and, and and certainly I think with the amazing things that technology is doing these days the the way it will help people to kind of look into their lives and also you know you can't argue with data you know when you've got the data in front of you on what your energy is in and versus your energy out has been during you know during the day then obviously that's going to really benefit you um, so yeah I think I think it's a good thing um, I think again we need to not not stray too far away from the point of it all as well um but i think technology will be a good tool to help people break it break into it because technology is in all of our lives undoubtedly and it's going to be there forever and uh, and it's going to get more and more in depth um so i think it's it's finding a way that we can blend blend the two worlds unfortunately you know you can have all the technology in the world but ultimately you've got to go to the shops and buy the right food you you've got to go to the gym and work your ass off you know you, there's no there's no way around that um and apple well, who won't knows? Even be able to, Te- i don't think even apple could produce an app <laughs> tesco you know, might deliver and then they, sure they, might, they get you some little um, like nodes on your body that will vibrate your muscles for you so you don't have yeah. to do too much effort or something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd just like facts. to. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I was just Go. gonna say, uh, what was sort of like really exciting you at the moment in health and well-being or mindset? What's really getting you? Um, what's really getting me the most? 
I know you mentioned it's, sort of psychedelics a little bit. I don't know whether you yeah, wanted to talk a bit is, about that. Uh, for, for me, I've kind of obviously I've trained. I've done. I've trained since I was nineteen in the gym, focusing first on lots of bodybuilding style stuff, fitness modeling, body composition, aesthetic stuff. I've then got my strength and conditioning level one, level two with Poliquin. So, um, so I feel I've kind of almost. I don't know everything. I'm not saying I do know anything, but I know. Uh, my my knowledge of exercise is is at a decent level so then there's nutrition you know i've done precision nutrition and become a precision nutrition level one coach um you know i've obviously been a massive advocate of nutrition to help with digestive problems and stuff because of my own experience so i feel that's an area that i've sort of satisfied to the moment but i'm always looking i'm always updating that knowledge um it's the the lifestyle stuff and and the mindset stuff that is really kind of really interesting me at the moment because I know what a difference adopting certain practices has really helped me and the more and more I look into it, it helps other people and it has helped other people and um, yeah when we look at all these different structures you can put in place that's that's all well and good but I'm I'm just kind of being exposed to at the moment and, and doing a lot more research and, and looking into the yeah the help that psychedelic drugs is pot- potentially having on on people's de- levels of depression, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and it, and it's not, you know, unfortunately, I think the, the term psychedelic automatically makes people think of the 1960s and everyone going to raves, getting off their faces and stuff. Feeding your but, clients mushrooms while they're yeah. foaming out on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think um, there's been so many studies done on these specific, um, on these quote-unquote drugs that have helped people but it, it's about what they call set and setting so you have to go into these experiences with the right mindset you have to go into it with you know what are these things that I'm looking to improve what are past experiences that I've had that are holding me back what do I think am I what are my limiting factors potentially in my mind that I can't seem to get over at the moment and then it's and then it's taking these substances in a controlled setting you know with people who you know, there's been lots of stu- I've I've heard of studies recently where there's in fact I heard a podcast recently. There was a lady who had post traumatic stress disorder for years and years and years and years, and she was kind of at the end of her tether, and she was literally there was nothing else that she could do. She just felt like she was literally going crazy, um, and then this this uh, this kind of study came up requesting people to take part in a study of how uh, of using MDMA to fix post traumatic stress disorder. Now she'd suffered for this. I think for this problem for about eight years and within three sessions well in the first session of taking MDMA in a in a controlled environment with also with psychotherapy on the side um, with trained individuals she got rid of 80% of her um, her problems within that first session and within three sessions she was completely cured of it so there's all these incredible stories and tales coming up um, of, of how these these plants that exist on our planet that have chemicals that are, that are also found in the human brain, um, and I think it's quite fascinating that there's all this uh, you know all this potentially healing all these healing powers that are out there already in our on our planet um, that we're kind of neglecting or downgrading or or kind of illegalizing, coin a term. <laughs> um, that even exists, um, you know, 
in favour of man-made pharmaceutical medicine um, that that is not actually fixing people's health problems. And you can look at, I look at nutrition, you know, if you look at psychedelics, like you look at good nutrition, you know, we're we're putting certain foods into our bodies to, to, to mend or heal the body, you know, that contain all these essential nutrients. And, you know, if... If broccoli and, and almonds, you know, contain nutrients that can help your body, there's every reason to see that, you know, the psilocybin that's found in magic mushrooms, that, you know, things that are found in ayahuasca, they're the kind of the Peruvian plant that they drink down in the, in the Amazon, you know, that could, could help with the mind, you know, and, and help give people a bit of more of an introspective introspective look on their life and and how they can improve it so um yeah i think this is all really interesting and it's it's all encompassing i think it's like like you say there it's quite a shame because obviously people who are maybe feeling down and they're not um or like they might have some sort of mental health issue it's like you you don't kind of think that okay i should probably start going for going and eating good foods i think it's like it's quite a difficult situation like you say the person who kind of feels control and is in control of their food maybe they're they're not getting depressed because they are putting those good foods into their body but then that person who is maybe feeling down and maybe is going to just eat high sugar foods that are going to give them a little spike so it is very it's very it's sad that it works that way but like you say if you can get in control of one then the the others work themselves out as well yeah definitely and i I think too much information is, you know, doesn't help a lot of people. They don't know where to start. They don't know where to begin, you know. Um, and also maybe they try and bite too much off at the start. And I think essentially the way I work with clients is always to sort of introduce one little thing at a time. If, you, if I sat there and told a client who was at the start of their journey who was a complete beginner you know, everything that I know about nutrition and training, it would <laughs> blow them away. And they'd be just like, well, where the, you know, where the fuck do I start kind of thing. Um but so it's it's all about you know giving people as much information as they need to just to take them to that first step and kind of holding it back um, and then releasing a little bit more and I think you know if someone's sort of self-administering things just really focus on the basics first you know focus on that that we say to people it's you know look at look at your plate of food and that that plate of food that's sat in front of you where where did it come from you know be mindful of where you're be mindful of your consumption you know where did this food come from? How, you know, did you just create it in the kitchen? Did you chop it and prepare it yourself, or was it, or has it been prepared for you? Did it arrive on your plate from a, a plastic tub that you bought in a supermarket, or was it from a packet? You know, if so, you start asking some questions about the food that you're actually putting into your body, and start understanding that you know is this because I think it's it's all about life feeding on life, and that's you know that's essentially what we do on our planet you know we eat plants we eat animals you know animals eat animals you know animals eat plants you know so we're all part of this big big circle and i think you need to look at your food and 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 ask is that part of this chain you know is this part of this this you know, the kind of circle of life i guess and if it's not then it it's it has every potential to kind of create some health problems long term long term use and i just like to add that Lots of people will come to me and they're like, oh, I've been eating this all my life, but, you know, it's weird. It's like I haven't had this problem for sort of 10 years. Why is it happening now? And I was like, well, it's not like it just happens overnight. <laughs> you know, the fact that you've been eating donuts for 10 years, <laughs> uh, you know, at some point gonna, you're going to break. You know, your body's incredible and it can, it can deal with a certain amount of, um, you know, toxification and breakdown of, 
maybe the wrong food choices. But if you do this on a consistent basis and overload your body, then systems are going to break, and and that's when you know diet-related disease starts to occur. So it's it's recognizing that there's an, an accumulation of uh, of problems that occur, and that's what leads to to your health problems. Um, yeah. Cool. And there might be people out there at the moment listening to this that are going, I'm going to die because <laughs> I'm just eating rubbish. So, Speak for yourself, you know, Wayne. What, <laughs> I am speaking for myself. We're going to live so, forever, uh, mate. <laughs> what, would you, uh, what would you say to the people that, are, after hearing what you've said, have gone, I need to change things and change things quick? What was the quick turnaround? I mean, obviously, there's no such thing as a quick turnaround as such, but the things that they could kind of implement in the next day that could should, really start to uh, turn things around. And just speak to Wayne, basically. They should contact yeah, me for a consultation and start working with me one to one. What 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 can you do? I think uh, I think mindset. I think let's you know start to think about think about your mental thoughts and you know uh, the things that are holding you back that you can maybe start stepping away from um, and start thinking about you know meditation. Now you can meditate without having to wear fisherman pants and and you know have incense burning <laughs> and getting really in depth and super spiritual with it. But you know from a meditation point of view, it's all about sitting there and just kind of you know, being aware of being in your body, being aware of what's going around you, sort of sense perception and all these kind of things. I think lifestyle, um, you know, start start looking at your sleep, start trying to settle yourself down in the evening um, so that so that you can have, you know, you can improve your sleep. Um, get into a good sleeping pattern, so get, get into a, a regular you know, pattern of going to bed at a certain time, getting up at a certain time, so your body has this kind of routine to work with um yeah and then you know again i think that the mindset and the meditation and, and the sleep will all will all feed into the kind of you know potentially lowering your stress um your stress levels so i think those are sort of essential things that you can start doing and then you know like we've just been talking from a nutritional point of view um focusing on not not necessarily just the quantity of your food that you're eating but the the, the quality of it um, and the kind of the source of that food. So I think that's you don't really need to make it a lot more complicated. Just ask yourself that that question: is this is this whole natural whole food that I'm eating now? Uh, and if it's not, then maybe you need to kind of reduce that that quantity in your diet. Um, and then then exercising really, you know, regular exercise, you know, to three three to five hours a week, you know, at least you know at least maybe. You know, a couple of hours of activity, maybe you know, three hours of uh, intense activity. It doesn't have to be in the gym. Not everyone's, not everyone's made out for the gym. You know, I even look at the concept of gyms sometimes, and it's quite quite alien that we would all travel to a room, <laughs> pick weights up, and put them down, and then leave again. But you know, it's a great. It's, I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> it's quite odd when you think of it like that. But you know, it's also a great place of motivation, um, potential community, depending on what activities you're involved in. And uh, and I think if you're looking to get into exercise, don't invest in home exercise equipment unless you're a very disciplined sort of person, because you'll end up putting them in your room and hanging your clothes up on on them. Um, I think people get most satisfaction out of saying I've ordered the treadmill, and that's about it. They feel like yeah, they've achieved. It. <laughs> exactly. It's that. Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to sort of click buy and buy something on the internet 
but it's the you know the hard bit is just getting off your ass and, and start moving. So that's what I'd say. Just just start moving. Maybe take part in an outdoor activity. You know, become part of a, a sports group or something like that that was just going to get you outside and, like I said, part of a community. And I think certainly for people getting into exercise initially, it can be quite helpful if you do it in a group environment because um, it's a, a lot more motivating. And and also, you know, get yourself a good coach, obviously. Um, I certainly think if you get yourself a good coach initially, at least you've got someone that could maybe help build up these all these habits in all these areas. Um and certainly help you with technique and how to use equipment in the gym. Um, it's not saying that you may need to do loads and loads of sessions, but certainly a couple of sessions just to make sure that you're comfortable with what you're doing and to set you out on a, a basic program to get going. Definitely, because um, be I think... Thing. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, a lot of people kind of see... I mean, on Facebook, on, on the internet, you get 100 different exercises and bits and pieces to do. And I think like going to somebody like yourself is is great because you've you've done that. You've got the experience. You've seen somebody in similar circumstances. So it just saves people so much time on actually siphoning through all this information that's out there. Yeah, I, I think a good personal trainer is a self-experimenter. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I've I've trained since I was 19 in the gym. So what's that? 17, you know, 17 years. So I... I've done all the, I've done all the self-experimentation and the trial and erroring. So you don't have to. So you you can kind of come come to someone with that kind of knowledge and experience and and be able to kind of fast track all that all those ups and downs and, and really get to the kind of you know the specific knowledge and then experience that's needed to sort of get you effective results. Um, and I think if you get hold of a good coach, I think they should be someone that experiments with with all these different methods of training exercise uh, and stuff like that and it has a kind of a varied approach um, so we're gonna start wrapping things up and there's um two questions we ask every guest that we have on the podcast awesome and so obviously this podcast is called powerful nonsense so the questions are what's the most powerful piece of advice you've ever heard and what's the biggest loads of non- load of nonsense you've ever heard Oh, most powerful i think i think the most powerful is the saying that i said at the start of the podcast is follow your passion and you'll find your purpose i think once you just really take it to that really basic level and focus on that i think that's if you're someone like me that struggled i struggled for 30 years didn't have a clue what i ever wanted to do and that's why i tried so many things and you know i don't regret the path because i did so many cool and interesting things but i think if i'd managed to focus on that earlier on down the line it would have helped me a lot more um, and helped me be more honest about what i was doing um most powerful part, piece of nonsense. Or oh, the the biggest load of nonsense you've biggest, ever heard. Biggest load of nonsense. Uh, if, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, I think fats are bad for you. I think either fats are bad for you or carbs are bad for you. I think we've. I think initially in the 90s, I think there was all the rubbish in the media about fats being bad, and people then focused on this high carb diet and stuff. And now people are now, oh, carbs are evil. Carbs are bad. It's like, right, people, we need both of these things but we need to again focus on the sources of these you know these macronutrients you know they're needed in different levels in different people depending on what activity you're doing um and so yeah so i think those are kind of two myths in the in the industry that are also causing a lot of uh confusion for a lot of people definitely um, um, another thing is just obviously I mind myself I read a lot of books you said you read a lot of books are there any maybe top three books that you've you've read that you think that's it everybody has to read these books 
top three books. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be around fitness. It could be whatever, really. Yeah, I'm, fiction, I'm reading. I'm reading quite a few at the moment. There's there's one I saw your on your website called Switch. That's a oh, good yeah. book. I'm kind of I've still got that on the bookshelf. I'm kind of three quarters of the way through that. Uh, well, I mean, I've read The Power of Now recently, which I think has certainly helped me a lot and sort of helped me look at my thoughts differently. So I think that's that's a book from a from a mindset point of view. Um, nutrition. I'm reading a really good book by a guy called Chris Cresso on the paleo diet, but it's kind of specifically looking at you know the the pe- more of a paleo template um, for nutrition. So I would recommend people getting hold of that. Um, <clears throat> What am I reading at the moment? I'm reading a great book called um, The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything by a really, really interesting guy called Ken Robinson who's all about kind of creativity and education. So, I love Ken Robinson. Yeah. Fascinating guy. Uh, I'm also reading, uh, I've just started a book called uh, Talk Like Ted. So it's uh, it's a book that focuses on all the best TED talks and and how uh, and what all those speakers kind of did to improve that. Um, um, yeah, then I'm I'm reading another little book. <laughs> You're reading loads of books like me. Yeah, I've got a few <laughs> going. I'm not sure it's a good thing, but well, I did used to be someone that would just fix one one at a time, um, and and kind of plow through one before picking up another. But now I'm actually finding it quite interesting to to have quite a few on the go at once and i can kind of pick one up and read a few paragraphs or read a chapter i sort of try and set myself a chapter to read before putting it down before moving on to another one um, i do exactly think, the same thing it's and it's just so like it's like with paint colors you kind of have one book and you have another and you mix them together and you get something different because you're gonna it's gonna fire off different ideas from each book but they kind of mix together in a way yeah completely yeah and i think um i think you potentially are missing out if you're kind of really focusing on one and it's difficult these days there's so much information out there i mean i've got so i've got about five books on the go at the moment i've got a reading list on my in safari on my iphone and ipad that's kind of like a meter long <laughs> of articles that i you know that i go through my twitter feed and, and i add, keep sending over to you anything. yeah that you send to me all the time yeah on uh, <laughs> entrepreneurial stuff you know nutrition training um uh, and then yeah then po- podcasts you know I've got lots of different podcasts that I that I listen to on a regular basis, which I think are awesome. I think if you're travelling a lot and you're on the train, um, that you can get some. I've got so much uh, so much great information so off some great podcasts, just like this one, which, cool. is, <laughs> which will be at the top of my list. <laughs> so um, just to wrap things up, it would just be great if you could share with them, with our audience, like how they could, if they do want to work with you, or if they're interested in training. I know I don't know if you do do you do Skype training as well, just for worldwide yep. clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I work with one-to-one, one-to-one clients and online clients. Um, from the online perspective, we could, I work with people online. Yeah, I'm doing Skype consultations. Um, I do a lot of. I use Dropbox for doing a lot of file sharing. So no matter where you are in the world, kind of we can share workouts, nutritional plans, and things like that. Um, and have regular updates and, and consultations. Uh, one-to-one basis at the moment. I'm I'm working with one-to-one clients at a studio in Chelsea in London called Lomax um, so yeah I work with my clients there and I do sort of I work with people using I use do caliper readings for body composition and I work with them on their, their training and nutrition um, I've just at my session funny enough just I've just at my sessions from 60 minutes to 90 minutes with clients because what I like to do now is have a half hour catch up at the start of each session where I can 
specifically use that half an hour to talk to people about how their week's been, how their nutrition's going, what's going on with their their, their training, how they've been finding all the programs, what's going on in their life, and you know if there's any kind of limiting factors that we need to work on and any new little habits that we need to implement. And I find that I can then we can then go and do our workout in the gym for 60 minutes and we can be completely focused on the job in hand. I found in the past, you know, you've got 60 minutes with someone, you get them into the gym and you ask them how their nutrition's been going and then you'll get a 20 to 20 minute conversation on nutrition mm-hmm. and uh, they won't be taking it in um, and, and you'll go off on a tangent and before you know it, you've, you've eaten through three quarters of the session um, <laughs> and it just makes for an ineffective session then. So it's nice to just give give each I guess in mindfulness again, you know, mindfulness of each each bit of the process. You know, to make sure you, you know give time to sitting down and talking about all this stuff, but to get it out of the way and then really be mindful and focused on the the, the training um, to get to get optimum results. And how can they find out information? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coverfitness.co.uk. That's the website. You can go through there, um, or you can email me at adam at coverfitness.co.uk. Twitter. Always sending out little tweets. Uh, that's Adam underscore Stansbury. And probably at the moment, Instagram is my favorite. If you go onto my Instagram, you'll see a plethora of pictures of uh, food that I eat, basically. Um, that's, ad- that's Adam underscore Stansbury. Um, so, yeah, I do, do a lot of Instagramming. Cool. So it's been great to have you on. And I'm sure there's loads of bits of advice people can definitely pull from that. So, yeah, thanks for your time. and. Awesome. Um, hopefully we'll speak again soon pleasure been a, been really good fun to be on here and thanks everyone for listening and yeah please get in touch and yeah cool have see an awesome, you soon, be, right? awesome. Okay. be awesome <laughs> be awesome <laughs> see you later thanks see ya. cheers so that ladies and gentlemen was Adam Stansbury yes it was I thought that was a cracking interview yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know me. I love all things health and fitness. Well, you see, I'm not a huge... And mindset. I see, I'm he huge on mindset, mindset. And I'm huge on on productivity. Not so much on the old health side of things. But um, you'll be changed. You'll be, we're going to change you, Wayne. I'm going to be a changed man. Well, I, I sent you a picture of my meal the other day. I know. I was shocked. Yeah. I, was, I thought you just stole it offline or something. <laughs> I sent a few people it and they went, Honestly, did you make that? I was like, yes. What's wrong with you, Wayne? You're, you're changing slowly. It's your fault. Good. I'm blaming you. I for say fault like it's a bad thing. For the better. For the better. I hope. Um, so, that is episode 27. In the 27. bag. 27. We're nearly at 30. We're nearly at can 100. Believe I can it. see it. We've made more episodes now than years I've lived on this planet. It's impressive. That's all I'm saying. And you've told told everybody how old you are now. I've just how told everyone that I'm younger than 27. It's all good. So, I could be... I could be 12. You look 12 sometimes when you shave. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, um, (laughs) as always, shall I I shake up the order a bit today? I feel like I should shake up the order. Go for the Twitter handle. So yeah, if you want to tweet me, or if you want to tweet Jem, we'll do me first. In fact, no, let's change it up a bit. Jem, you go first. (laughs) If people want to tweet you, how do they do that? They do that at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And if you want to tweet me... Sod it, not tweet. Tell us your email, and we'll go back to your tweet. If you want to email me, (laughs) you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. If you want to tweet me... You can tweet him at wayne underscore ingram if you're gonna if you're gonna take my line gem you gotta do it right <laughs> <laughs> but yes that's right wayne underscore ingram and my email is gem at powerfulnonsense.com 
So there was um, a couple of books that um, mm-hmm. Adam mentioned, and that was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and the other one was um, The Element mm-hmm. by um, Ken Robinson. Yes. And we've just checked, and both those books are available to download for free if you use an Audible trial. And if you use www.powerfulnonsense.com slash audible, mm-hmm. you'll get sent straight through, and you can download your free copy. And I'm just going to say this again. If you sign up, you take your free book, right? If you decide not to then sign up permanently beyond the free trial, you still get to keep your book. And we're just going to be clear of you. We're promoting that offer. It's great for you, but also we get a small percentage. I think it's like $15 if you sign up. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little thank you to us. And you also get something out of it yeah, at the end of the day. And it just helps make this show even better. So if you want to support the show, and if you want a free, uh, not ebook, audio book. Yep, that's the one. Then just... Just sign up, take your free trial. That's all we ask. And if you don't want the free trial, then just give us a review in iTunes. Yes, that would be great. If you don't want to take the free trial, you don't. If you don't want to put your email address and stuff out there, that's exactly what you can do. Pop onto iTunes, pop a little review down there, and then if you decide afterwards you do want to actually have an audio book for free, then you can do both. So anyway, <laughs> all the all the plethora of ways that you can say thank you. You can give us a virtual high five. Basically. Virtual high five, and do that on Twitter if you like. I don't mind. Cool. All right. Well, I hope you like that episode, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. Actually, we might not be back next week. That's a good point because we will be back, but just I'm going away <laughs> tomorrow to Croatia for a week, so I'm not too sure how to schedule. We're going to do our best to get another episode out next mm-hmm. week, but we'll let you know. But Jen might be jet lagged jet lagged and also pretty hungover well i didn't want to say that i didn't (laughs) want to put that out there but but yeah probably more hungover than jet lagged i'll I'll be on the green smoothies from the day after (laughs) (laughs) green with absinthe hair of the dog (laughs) (laughs) all right then well thanks for listening everyone and uh, we'll speak to you soon be awesome